Welcome to Negotiation with Alice, your negotiation podcast. I am here to answer all your questions about anything and everything negotiation-based. It can be about something with your children, your spouse, your friends, your colleagues, your family, your parents. Come on the show, ask me a question, and I will give you negotiation advice. Welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have Scott Goering here today with me. And Scott, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Scott Gehring. I am a 33-year resident of San Francisco. Uh, I'm an attorney and mediator. I've been a member of the California Bar as an attorney about 19 years. Uh, early experiences as an attorney and litigator made me far more open to the thought of mediation as being a possible career path. I was involved in a couple of uh, trials where we ostensibly won, but I think my life was probably five years shorter as a result. And I just felt like there's a place for fruitful conversations that can really save a lot of time and energy if you can get the people positioned correctly on that. And so I I had it in my head I was going to be a mediator, but as I like to tell people as well, unless you've got a huge book of experience at the outset, you know, the path to mediation is typically you take a 40-hour neighborhood-based community, you know, mediation training program of some sort, and then you mediate anything that breathes that has a conflict that's willing to sit down at a table with you. And I probably mediated about 100 cases pro bono before I started getting my first paid gigs. And, uh, you know, mediation, saying you're a mediator is like saying you're an actor in L.A. It sounds really interesting if you're not part of that world, but your odds of making money at it are about the same. And it takes a lot of work to kind of build build things up to the point where you can get paid for it. So um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to uh, be practicing law for the last 19 years, largely around families and juvenile law and uh, some around real property disputes. I myself had a broker's license for a while, uh, been a property manager here in San Francisco for about 22 years. So I bring all those things to the table, both in my law practice and for the purposes of this discussion, at least my mediation practice. Great. And so I think that one of your questions that you have for me today is sort of cycling around your world of mediation and negotiation. Is that right? It is. So when I hear you, Alice, talk about yourself as a negotiator, that brings up certain insinuations or pictures in my mind. I often think of negotiation as having a bit more of a competitive element to it, as opposed to a lot of the sorts of mediation that I sometimes do. Uh, A lot of times I'm talking with parents around visitation plans or custody, and there's a lot of unpacking. It's a very emotionally charged issue. Uh, People, you know, wear badges of martyrdom. I'm here for the children. And so there's a lot of unpacking that needs to happen. I'm hoping that you can clarify for me what you understand as the distinctions between negotiation and mediation kind of compare and contrast. And then as well as a negotiator, I'm wondering, there's frequently a common body of knowledge around any particular subject. What is it that distinguishes you as a negotiator from what might be commonly understood within, among others who are teaching in that same area of teaching negotiation to people? Great. Yes. So thank you for asking that, Scott. And yes, I definitely do both. And I feel like there is, for me... I think of negotiations as anytime people are trying to get on the same page. So that includes all of the high stakes negotiations that you referenced, as well as the highly emotional co-parenting. I want to do what's best for my child. As long as two or more people are trying to get 
on the same page about anything, that is my definition and understanding of negotiation. And so to that end, I do feel like most people are negotiating multiple times a day. They just don't realize it, nor do they characterize it as such. They might think, well, I'm just having a conversation about what movie we're going to see. But that's actually a negotiation. It's much smaller, much lower stakes, but that's what they're doing. Um, in terms of the difference between a negotiator and a mediator. So I believe that as a mediator, my job is really to stay neutral and to be able to make sure that people are heard by the other side and that they can um, keep their emotions down so that they can keep the logical side of their brain functioning, right? Because they need to have the logical side functioning to get through these difficult conversations. If the emotional side of their brain starts to get activated, they're no longer able to access the part of their brain that does the reasoning. And so what I do, and I bring this sort of from my, my theater background that I have like 20 plus years of theater, I really try to do a lot of, I don't want to call it anger management, but it's like emotion management, right? Within the mediation itself. Now, as a mediator, what I bring to the table is my negotiation background. And what I do is I'm able to bring in the strategies and the tactics that allow me to help them and still remain neutral, right? So I don't want to go in and say, oh, Scott, you should totally go and bully the other person. You know, you can raise your voice, make them feel afraid. I don't give them any sort of tactics that's going to put one side at a better strategic advantage over the other. But what I do say is I might say, Scott, can you come up with a scenario that you think the other side would accept? Okay. And by doing that in a, in a separate session, in a caucus, I am, without saying it, I'm asking you to think about the other side's interests. I'm not saying it so explicitly, but in order to come up with something that the other side might accept, you inherently have to think about them and what do they want. I'm trying to get people out of the mindset of, I want, I want, I want, and really try to look at it globally to say, this is what I want. Let me think about what they want and how can I balance those so that we can come out with a win-win. And okay. that's the difference between what I do as a mediator and what I do as a negotiator or even a negotiation coach. So if I'm hearing you correctly, in your mind, at least mediation is strategically putting different tools or different sorts of frames into the conversation that get people to think a little bit differently. I mean, you've, they've, you've managed to keep the emotions down, to keep the logical part of their brain think or working, but implementing like, give me an understanding of what might work, different reframes, different um, techniques. I mean, the thing that I go to is uh, for mediation, the, the secret sauce is the display of understanding. And if in any way possible, getting the person to say out loud what they understand the other person to be saying, because there's something about, first of all, when another person hears their voice coming out of somebody else's mouth, that opens up their brain to a huge extent that they're able to entertain other perspectives. And as well, it allows the declarant, if you will, the person who's saying it to say, oh, okay. And uh, I don't know if that's your experience at all. Thanks for listening to Negotiation with Alice. I wanna remind you to visit shakinanegotiationacademy.com 
There, you will have access to multiple classes and lectures covering all aspects of negotiations. Professionals will find negotiation tips focused on closing customers. Also, there are personal growth strategies for negotiating milestones such as raises and navigating difficult topics in relationships. We look forward to seeing you on ShakinaNegotiationAcademy.com. Yeah, so there's a very specific reason why that works. So in order for someone to be able to listen and process what the other person is saying so that they're able to repeat back what they heard, that they're keeping their emotional side of their brain down in order Mm -hmm. to succeed at that. And usually I'll give them the task. I will say, I'm going to ask you what you heard in a moment. So please make sure you're listening. Mm -hmm. So when they are doing that, it is inherently keeping their emotions down because if they're getting upset, they no longer can process the words coming in their direction. Right. Right. And so I'm doing that. And I'm sure most medias do that, but I do it specifically knowing I'm using that tool to keep the emotions down on both sides yeah. right and it's a really great way for me to tell if someone has stopped listening because yeah. they are now in their brain really upset really emotional maybe cycling a lot of different thoughts because when i ask them okay can you like let me know what it is that you heard very very frequently i hear maybe zero percent or maybe 20% comprehension. And they will say, that's all I heard. And they literally missed 80% of what was said. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm wondering if this mirrors your experience at all. I feel like I'm watching a Harry Potter movie. The whole thing about, you know, Lord Voldemort, he that shall not be named. It's like, people dare not articulate what the other person is saying for fear of lending it some sort of legitimacy which is in fact what the other person is believing. They think whatever their perspective is, is legitimate. I'm not gonna empower that in any way and I refuse to let my conscious brain say that out loud for fear that it's gonna invoke something that I don't want. Right, and a lot of times, you know, it's the framing of the conversation. As a mediator, I let people know why we are doing what we're doing. So we're not repeating things in order to give truth to them. But we, I always let people know, look, you can acknowledge what the other person is saying without being in agreement. All I'm asking is for you to acknowledge what you heard. And that's it, right? So if I say it at the very top of the conversation, at the very beginning, then when they're doing, it's already been reframed. So they don't feel like by repeating it and acknowledging it means it's give the, it is the truth of the matter. It right. is merely, I'm making sure that there is communication going in both directions. And so as long as people have heard each other, they actually feel calmer throughout most of the mediation with me because they're feeling like, oh, I'm being heard and understood by the other side. Usually people are getting upset because they feel like they're not being heard by the other side, right? So to the second part of my question, and maybe you've already answered it, what, if anything, distinguishes your manner or practice of negotiation that might deviate from what's understood as being the more standard practice? Is there something that's specific to Alice Shakina that people say, oh, I wouldn't do it that way, but Alice seems to make it work. I mean, anything you can speak to? So in the mediation context, what I like to do is I really, I don't like to say, look, it's a zero sum or um, it's a lose-lose, right? I've heard a lot of people say, look, 
if you can't stomach it, but you got a deal, then it's good. If both people have a bad taste in their mouth, it's a good deal. I like to say, let's look for the win-win. And I will help you look for the win-win using my negotiation coaching skills. And so when we go in, very frequently, we're looking for something that both parties feel good about. And interestingly enough, Scott, it's not always just like, oh, Alice dug far enough and she found the win-win. It's about reframing what that win is. And if I can reframe things so that somebody feels like it is such a win, both people get to leave feeling victorious because they got something out of it. And just for an example, in a divorce mediation case I recently had, uh, the wife had to pay half, she had to buy out her half of the house. Mm -hmm. And the reason why she was upset about it is because she paid for the whole thing in the marriage. So she was like, really, I have to give you half when I already paid for the whole thing myself because of the the California Mm -hmm. laws. And when we went into caucus, one of the things that was upsetting to her was that, you know, he was living there and he said, if you don't buy me out, it's fine. If you divorce me, it's fine. I'm not going to move out. I'm going to continue to stay here. Right. I'm I'm not going to move out. So I told her, and she was really fretting about the amount of money. It was like $325,000. And she was very upset. And I said, I don't want you to think about it as, oh, this is money that he doesn't deserve. This is money that's my money. What I want you to do is I want you to think of it as you are buying your freedom. This yeah, is yeah. the price of freedom. And when she heard that, it changed her entire perspective. Yeah. And she cried with tears of joy. Yeah, because he accepted it. And she was like, I'm free. We're done. And she was victorious. He was victorious because he got what he wanted. They both got what they wanted. So a lot of what I do is I do a reframe and I feel like changing someone's perspective by two or three degrees. I liken it to when you change a giant ship which is moving very slowly by two or three degrees and it goes hundreds and hundreds of miles, the outcome of where it lands is very, very different, right? So all I need to do is change someone's perspective by two or three degrees in the mediation by helping them with the negotiation and the reframing. And they're all going to end up in vastly different places and they're going to feel victorious. I maybe comment on this. There's a, what I call in my mediations, frame creep. Because these parents come in, they're talking about their kids, and they're saying, well, we just want what's best for the children. But then I can see them starting to talk and think about, well, who's the better parent here? And as soon as you start getting, I said, you know, frame creep, frame creep, you know, it's you're starting to have a contest again. And uh, you have to kind of continue to keep it child's best interests. And this isn't a contest. And if you think it's a contest, you lost. So stop. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, I mean, sometimes they try to use that as as the argument, right? As to right. the reason why it's going to be my way as opposed to yours, because I'm thinking about the child's best interest. And so really, instead of focusing on that, I really try to help them focus on, look, you're both going to parent differently. You're both going to have to let go a little bit of control. And let's mm-hmm. not focus on if they start to use that as the weapon against each other, I try to pull back from that. So I say, look, we can't focus on this because it's really driving the wedge between you. And so let's just focus on, you know, I try to let them focus on other things so that they're not focusing on the thing that they're weaponizing against one another. Yeah. Okay. I got it. All right. I'm going to bring all my conflicts to you from now on (laughs) (laughs) because I can't solve my own problems. No. (laughs) Well, this is lovey Scott. Thank you very much for being on the show. Absolutely. 
How do people get in touch with you if you, they want to work with you? So I have this German last name, Gering, G-O-E-R-I-N-G, scottgering.com. Get you to my website. Uh, you can find me on the Cal Bar website. Again, same last name. I'm the only one that's there. And um, my phone number, just the best way to get me is through my website. And it'll take you to an email message that gets to me. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to working with anybody. I Families, uh, juvenile cases, I've uh, done a lot of stuff with nonprofits because I've lived here for 33 years. So I come in and do some things with different boards of directors. I'm happy to be involved and do whatever I can for folks. Thank you for tuning in to Negotiation with Alice, your negotiation podcast. It's been a pleasure having you be part of the conversation. Please hit like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed my podcast, Negotiation with Alice, and are interested in working with me to level up your negotiation, communication, and persuasion skills, please check out ShekinahNegotiationAcademy.com. That's Shakina spelled S-H-I-K-I-N-A, NegotiationAcademy.com. See you on the next podcast.